Hello and welcome to Rigori, the Italian football podcast where we like to celebrate a series of crushing defeats this week. <laughs> four finals, four losses. It's great fun. Uh, I'm Marco Rinaldi. And I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi here for the suffering. Uh, yeah, so obviously Serie A is finished and to touch on that very briefly, um, it was the the Spareggio, the playoff to to see who stayed up between Spezia and Verona last night and uh, Verona ended up winning that one quite easily I, f- I felt very bad for the ex-Venezia player Ethan Ampadu because he scored a cracker of an own goal but then scored an even better equaliser but again for the second season in a row the team that he has played with in Serie A has been has been relegated, sadly. Yeah, and he um, even deflected in another one as well. Yeah, he got he a did, touch yeah, on no. another one too. It wasn't credited as an own goal. So it was right in the thick of the action, the poor soul. But yeah, I think it was just a game too far for Spades. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, they had a lot of injuries, the suspensions. And then the, the game's key moment was really yeah. was really this the sending off with, with Verona looking like they were cruising at, at 3-1. They're captain decided to punch the ball off the line got a red card and Nzola stepped up to take the penalty and if there was anyone in the Spezia team that you'd want to take a penalty it would be him but he took a very it was a terrible penalty. it was a very weak penalty I don't know if he already knows he signed for someone else <laughs> and he didn't care I don't I don't know it was just you know it was very it was very weak it was as if they didn't believe because I mean if they scored that 3-2 20 minutes to yeah. go game on but I think just Spezia seemed to run out of steam in the season in general Verona just you know the, the momentum was was with them I mean not as not as great a redemption story as Salernitana last season of course Marco but just the same quite an achievement for Verona to to keep themselves afloat yeah no definitely they were down there for a long time so yeah well done to them grudgingly <laughs> as a Venezia fan um and uh, to touch on the, the Serie A, I suppose the promotion, uh, Cagliari, emotional scenes in Cagliari when uh, they scored a 94th minute winner and Ranieri burst into tears as he takes Cagliari up again. Um, you know, before we touch on that, I just got to say how awful it must feel as a Barry fan to to be in that position because they were through until that moment. That, that was a that was a crush. Well, and they were the third best team yeah, in the exactly. league. You know, they I were, mean, the league yeah. would have been in old fashioned ways. They'd have been promoted. That would have been it. And instead, they had this torture of the playoffs. I mean, I think speaking to Barry fans, there was a kind of feeling with them as well a bit that they'd run out of steam too. I mean, they didn't manage a lot of shots in that game, and I think they were kind of thinking, you know, the nil nil. The draw favoured them. Um, as you've explained before, Marco, the setup is that the team that finishes higher, the draw would have put them through. And having got a late goal of their own um, to get the draw in, in Sardinia, you know, they'd return in front of their own fan. Big expectation there. Maybe the weight of expectation was heavy on them. I think just, you know, just again, momentum's a big thing in football. And I mean, you saw Calgary had the momentum. Barry didn't, and you know it's always it's always dangerous those closing minutes. I mean, I, I watched the last few minutes of that game, and it just was you know the tide was with Calgary, and it and it was a sucker punch though to to Barry for a whole season to be decided in the 
94th minute or whatever yeah. it was, I think old Pavoletti, an old seasoned striker, popped up to, to get the goal. That means uh, Cagliari come back. I mean, but welcome back to Cagliari. Nice to have them back. And as you say, emotional scenes. Claudio Ranieri, 71 years old, brought in when they were kind of struggling. I mean, not terribly struggling, but definitely kind of struggling. And he steadied the ship, brought them up and and helped them to, helped them to get afloat. I did enjoy, you know, I think a great, act of sportingness on his behalf when I think the, the Calgary fans were chanting sort of Serie B, Serie B yeah, to the barrio yeah. and he said no no don't do that I mean I don't know how he got the message across but you know nonetheless I thought it was a lesson in, in sporting behaviour really that he was saying you know let's celebrate I think he said it afterwards you know let's celebrate our own achievements let's not denigrate the opposition and I thought I mean Words that will fall on deaf ears in Serie A and Serie B. Let's be honest. We know the we know the ultras around the country are not suddenly going to become a, a beacon of positivity and and treat their opposition fans with great love and equanimity. But just the same, it was an it was a nice gesture and you know a nice to see. They say a big shame for Barry. Um, I'm sure that they'll be back in contention again next season once they've licked their wounds and you know kind of got back into battle but um, Cagliari just that's the the playoffs are all about this aren't they really late goals and drama and they delivered again yeah no absolutely and it just was as we touched on last week the, having that week off uh, for the teams that finished higher up is actually often a bit of a curse because you kind of fall out of fall out of momentum um, and, and Cagliari obviously had that so uh, yeah well done to them and yeah um, it's just a shame. Well, Barry might get promoted with the next next season, but obviously one of those slots is already guaranteed. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> obviously, with that proviso, with that proviso that you know the rest will have to fight over just one automatic and yeah. one playoff place because when it's guaranteed, it um, you know Barry must be must have a good chance of being in that <laughs> being in that fight to be the the lucky losers next next season. Um, but moving on to to what I touched on at the start, unfortunately, obviously Italy managed to get. Uh, if we look at the European Cups first, um, a team in every final. Roma threw it away in a pretty disgraceful fashion, uh, and then next up was was your team, Fiorentina against West Ham. Um, and speaking of last minute heartbreak, yeah. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a curious game. I, I, I thought well, it was a curious game, but you know I thought Fiorentina had a lot of the possession early on. They didn't do an awful lot with it. I think mm-hmm. hindsight would say maybe they didn't need to be as quite as cautious and respectful as they were because you know they really until they went behind they didn't really go for it. And I think if they'd maybe gone for it, I don't think West Ham were quite as good as perhaps they they treated them yeah. with obviously you know quick you know hats off to Cristiano Biraghi for not making a bigger meal or getting hit in the head and needing eight stitches you know which was pretty horrible scenes don't think it really affected the outcome of the game but I mean I have seen matches decided that way he could have lain on the ground they could have got you know there were a lot of things options open but he just carried on playing um, and when Fiorentina got back into it, I thought they were the better team. But I think maybe, um, conversely, once they were too cautious, perhaps when when it was all square, once it got, once they got back level, 
Um, maybe they were a bit too gung-ho. I don't know. I think they went for it. And, and I think we both had that same sinking feeling when Igor had to come on for Luca Ranieri, who'd, yeah. had, a, who'd had an exemplary 86 minutes or whatever. And uh, no, I mean, a, a defence is a unit, you know, it's not, it wasn't entirely his fault, but just to see that, I mean, a nice counter-attack, certain irony, I think, in an Italian team getting caught on the counter in the 90th minute by an English side. Um, but it was a nice move and a nice finish, you know, and... Uh, uh, been great for a team that hadn't won a trophy for a long time to win one, but equally Fiorentina hadn't won one, and that that to be honest that hurt more than the the Coppa Italia final defeat for me. Anyway, I think that Fiorentina did more. Looked you know against Inter, yeah. I thought Inter you know and didn't particularly impose themselves. Fiorentina did have a lot of chances, but you know the the underlying feeling for me was that we were up against a a much stronger side, whereas there I didn't really feel that West Ham did a huge amount to suggest they were quite happy to sit in and play on the break and, you know, and look for goals at set pieces and long throws and the like and um, you know, they, they they didn't look brilliant and it's a regret because obviously, you know, it's been 33 years since Fiorentina were in a European final. I mean, it might be the start of a golden age when they roll around every season, but having watched them this long, um, the, the, regret, the regret will all be they, strong from that one in particular because I thought that West Ham were there for the beating. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Fiorentina were the ones that looked like they were going to win the game, really. But it, I did feel that they lacked a bit of a cutting edge. Really, was was the main issue. And then when Igor came on, it was always there was always a chance of what happened. What happened happening? Um, I don't know why he didn't just pull the man down. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, take the red in the ninetieth ninetieth minute. Uh, surely that's a better decision than just letting him run through. Well, and that is usually what he would do. To be fair, yeah. he's had his share of yellows and reds, but you know, for whatever reason, the man slipped past him, and the the rest is painful history. Yeah, so we will move on quickly from that. Thank to, you. To try and not not linger on that, but unfortunately, not to better news, although. You know, Inter against Man City, Champions League, told that Man City are the greatest team in the history of football, blah, 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 and the build-up to this final, Inter had no chance, which I always personally thought was nonsense. Um, and Inter gave a very good account of themselves. Uh, Man City didn't dominate as much as people thought they would, and actually at the end of the game, Inter ended up having more what is the the stat XG or whatever, but I think they had over two and Man City had less than one or something like that. So, um, it, yeah, it, they were they were just unlucky as it happened they, on the night. Yeah. Now, Man City, you would say, better squad, no doubt about that. But I think the it put a bit of a mockery to, to some of the build-up acting like Man City were sort of this invincible team. I mean, yeah. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Mark. I mean, that was, you know, the, the pre-match was, all, it was just how many are Man City going to score and also how much possession are they going to have? And actually, you know, I mean, they did have high possession stuff, but it wasn't, I mean, I've watched a reasonable amount of Man City this year and I've seen them absolutely annihilate teams and barely let them touch the ball. And I think there were people thought that was what the final was going to be. And in the end, you know, it was a lovely finish from Rodri, but there was an element of good fortune that it ricocheted yeah. off someone straight to him. You know, as I say, he took it well. And, you know, no doubt Man City, I mean, I think either side could have won the game. To be honest, there weren't a lot of chances. 
I did think, you know, we've we've been harsh on Simone and Zaghi sometimes, but he got his tactics spot on. He cut off passing channels for City. He didn't let them play the way they wanted to play. They didn't look like that all-conquering, although they I mean, they won all the trophies in the yeah, end, you know, yeah. but they didn't look like that great a unit. And as you see, Inter had chances of their own. They were within big roms, big arse of getting a goal of a, of a header and a chance that he spurned as, as well, you know. And I think that's the thing, without without picking on Lukaku, because he's a big man and you know, he might track me down one day. Um, there's a there's a wider point in the sort of the strength of the substitutes, the players you can bring yeah. on. You know what I mean? If you had somebody, not that he's, I mean, the man scored hundreds of goals and he scored plenty for but Belgium he's not had a great as well. Season, but though. he's not had a great season. You just feel that you know, if you'd been bringing on someone in tip top form. They maybe would have pounced. I dare I see a Julian Alvarez who was sitting kicking his heels on the bench for Man City. Somebody like that could have probably popped a goal in, and then you know that game going to extra time would certainly not have been outrageous. I don't think on the on the balance of play, Inter had their chances. So, I mean, I've I've written something that's not out yet, but I have written something that's for Football Italia exactly on this theme that you know I suppose. I mean, hell behoves us to look at the glass half full or half empty when we're renowned for being miserable buggers. <laughs> but just the same, I th- I came away feeling that the for Italian football, you know, it could be a a watershed season if you think how far teams got. You know, I mean, Napoli only got knocked out by another Italian team, and then. In turn, Milan got knocked out by Inter, so you know that was kind of self-harming, if you like, from a Serie A standpoint. Juve, even in one yeah. of their most awful seasons, came. You know, I think, I think with just a dash more adventure from Allegri. Well, I mean, a dash more adventure. They might even have actually made it out of a fairly average Champions League group. They certainly would have got more points than three in match yes. Maccabi Haifa. But you know, once they dropped into the Europa League, I think a lot of people fancied them. Some people were even stupid enough to put money on them um <laughs> to win that trophy. Um they were a big prize, I think it certainly once they and you know they had all the tools there to get the I mean Sevilla just had a team with a, a happy knack. But it's just the same UFA I thought, you know, the the squad that they've got should be more yeah. than competitive, so the only team that really chucked it was Lazio, and you know they got their they got their second place, sixteen points adrift in Napoli that they wanted, um, but everyone else. Had, so you know, as I say, that was kind of the lesson um, Mourinho gave, I guess, in Roma um, last season when they got to conference fi- conference league final and won it. That fans like to win trophies, and I think we realise now at last that there's money to be made, there's profile to be made, there's you know it buys you some kudos and a bit of peace and time to work yeah. from your fans as well so you know that kind of the days of especially the smaller trophies um, the days of Italian teams kind of snubbing those and turning their noses up at them hopefully they're over you know and as I say that gives something you know there's a pot of cash there as well for all these teams to to build on what they did and and try and come back it's, it's there's still a huge gap there's no doubt about it especially Financially, and you know, and the the elephant in the room, I guess, with Man City is the financial breaches that they face. You know, it's it's only taken over a hundred of them to win that Champions League. 
Um, so, you know, I, I mean, maybe Italian teams need to learn to get better lawyers or accountants. I don't know, but, you know... What, <laughs> let's, let's not go there. But, but, you know, whatever, as I say. Yeah. No, I think I think there were... The, uh, although it was a miserable time to cheer on Serie A, you know, I, I did come out of it at the end. Think, as I say, Roma, you know, played the way Roma do under Mourinho. It wasn't pretty to watch, but they could easily have won. Mm-hmm. Um, Fiorentina went toe-to-toe with the Bremo side and, you know, it does look just as good as them. I mean, granted that West Ham did finish very low down the, the Premier League, you know, that's true. Yeah. Fior- Fiorentina weren't exactly a huge force in Serie A this season either. And, and you know, Inter, who were nowhere near as dominant as Man City were, gave, gave them, uh, I mean, I would say one of the best, the toughest games Man City's had all season. So, you know, there were reasons to be cheerful, even though that's not why people listen to this podcast. <laughs> well, so let's bring it back down to misery. The under-20s in the World Cup, Italy under-20s, um, had a, had an amazing run to the to the final of the World Cup. Um, Cesare Casadei uh, was the player who took them there with seven goals to the final and an absolutely stunning free kick from Simone Pafundi at, at the end of the semi-final against South Korea. All set up for a heroic performance in the final against Uruguay, who always knew were going to be tough. But unfortunately, it, was, it wasn't really a contest. Uruguay just dominated from the get-go, seemed to have way more energy than the, the Italy side and just couldn't... Um, Italy couldn't get their game going they just couldn't get going into the game and, and were always on the back foot I thought they improved a bit in the second half when he made the changes he, 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 that you know some would say that he should have started with the team that he ended up on the pitch with but um, th- they still didn't create very much and that was what was disappointing after the way they'd played for the rest of the tournament Yeah, the, the biggest regret was that they didn't do themselves justice you know, I think that, you know, we've said that Inter did do themselves justice in that final. Fiorentina, in their own stupid arsed way, did do themselves justice in the final. I think the regret for those boys would be that they didn't do themselves justice. The football they've played in that tournament was outstanding, often on what it has to be said, the pretty atrocious playing surfaces, which, you know, I mean, I think FIFA maybe need to have a look at themselves to be playing a final of a major tournament on a surface like that yeah. is ludicrous. But that's not an excuse, you know. I mean, yes, that does favour probably energy over creativity. But I think you're right. I think Nunziata got his team selection a bit wrong. I don't know if he got carried away. Pafundi scored that lovely free kick, but he'd actually settled on a side without him in the starting lineup that had a bit more physicality, um, and it just seemed. It felt certainly against a team that was all energy, all high action, right in your face. It felt like a bit of a luxury having Baldanzi and Pafundi on the pitch. Baldanzi, you know, a bit more physically robust, but still quite a lightweight. Pafundi definitely. I mean, he could still be at school. So yeah. you know, th- th- that seemed. It's easy with hindsight because obviously, you know, they're two amazingly creative players. So you could quite easily have. And played Uruguay off the off the park, but you know it was it was a better end to a great tournament. And again, you know, in the half full thing, we saw some 
good good players coming yeah. through there that would would give hope. When you mentioned Casadei, we mentioned Baldanzi, but even Gilardi at the back, De Plonge, mm. I think won the Golden Glove yeah. um, for the best goalkeeper, and the knockoff. The knockoff Zanetti, Javier Zanotti, um, <laughs> yeah. did, did a pretty good job as well. I mean, he did make a difference when he came on. Um, yeah, he did, against yeah. you know, Louis had he struggled funnily enough against he was up against a tough opponent against um, South Korea and struggled in that game. But when he came on, he did give them some drive down the down the right wing. But it was just you know, Giovane, all these boys really, Ambrosino. They they all gave a good account of themselves, except in the final, and that was that was the annoying thing. And you know they will, I'm sure. It's the first time Italy's got to that final. I'm sure they will regret it. I did. I, I wanted to see, it, and I don't know if you'd seen this, Marco, but I think you know we'd think we are unfortunate, but uh, maybe in a past life we were members of the Esposito family. Did you see this? I mean, how, I mean, uh, for people that don't know what I'm talking about, I mean, the games we've talked about in the pod tonight, three members of the three brothers, the Esposito brothers, were involved in heartbreaking defeats. On Sunday night, imagine this, like your your mama sending you (laughs) off to the game or whatever, saying, ciao boys, have a good game, and your boys go off, and the first one, Sebastiano is playing for Barry and gets beat by a 94th minute goal to not make it, to not take tens of thousands of expectant Barisi into Serie A. Then, a few moments later, the full-time whistle blows your other boy, Salvatore, loses to Verona and Spezia after three years in Serie A are consigned to Serie B. And then finally, although he didn't start, but Francesco Pio, your little baby, loses in the World Cup final to so I mean I, I feel, you know, they are like the kindred spirits of this podcast, really, you know, the patron <laughs> saints of the Rigori podcast. I have a night like that where, you know, and then Mama come home and no doubt she made them a nice plate of the pasta. But, you know, <laughs> our poor wee boys though. What a what a night to have, you know, what expectation and what desolation at the end of it. And that's, you know, <laughs> That's our football, really, Marco, isn't it? That's what we yeah. that's what we set out expecting. Yeah, that is what we that is what we specialise in, and I like to think that's what people tune in for. I, I wanted to. I know we don't do this very often, but I did want to name check before we finish. One listener who apparently I've been told has no interest whatsoever in Italian football, but tunes in just to hear us being miserable. miserable. It might be it might be it might be because he's a Wimbledon fan so he knows what <laughs> misery is. But a chap called Nigel Bannister anyway, so I would just wanted to say thanks to Nigel for listening to us through the season. And it, it it struck me that possibly that's the purpose that we serve for people, Marco, because you know that thing I'd, I'd listened to a podcast not so long ago with Matt Lucas that's an Arsenal fan and he was saying that like after um, Arsenal beat Tottenham, or even sometimes when just when Tottenham lose, he'll tune in to Tottenham podcast to listen to them, feeling sorry for themselves. And I wondered <laughs> if we're like a sort of a kind of wider example that people tune in and say, "I'm feeling bad about my team," but wait I a did. minute, I know there's a place where two men will be feeling even worse than I am, and and it's here. I did notice that certainly we we got a new West Ham follower on on Twitter in the past week, so probably they'll be tuning in. <laughs> I'd be to, loving to that enjoy section. This. Well, that yeah. section. Well, get right up, you. You were lucky <laughs> if you're <laughs> listening. 
If you are listening, come on, you iron, stick it right. Oops, sorry, got a bit carried away there. Still, still some, still some bad feeling. I usually, I always try to pretend to people that I get rid of all the bad emotion during the ninety minutes of the game. You know, I see, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not never violent, but you know, I'm verbally aggressive and upset and see things that you know I wouldn't normally see during the 90 minutes of football, but then at 95th minute or once the final whistle's blown, I'm a gentleman. But the the reality is that it can sometimes take a bit longer than that and sometimes never um, for me to get over a defeat. So um, so that might be the case. So yeah, possibly, I mean, possibly, I hope we've got uh, Man City, Sevilla, I don't know how many of Uruguayan listenership will have yeah, yeah, gone, up, gone up as well. So, you know, if, but you know what? All listeners, good listeners. That's why I say and thanks but to But you everyone. know who we won't satisfy? Who's that? Spanish listeners, because oh, yeah. despite Italy's no doubt impending defeat in the Nations League on Thursday, we will not be doing a podcast. No, so that's, have to just that's right. Imagine our misery. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you might find us on Twitter like, yes, uh, being yeah, pretty yeah. glum. But uh, no, I know we, we've we've learned our lesson with that. I think, Marco, yeah. haven't we? Really, we yeah. too many times we've had our fingers burned um, talking about planning to talk about the nationale and then finding that they fault in abysmal defeat. Although I did see he's at least got his interisti back in the squad now. He has been able to bring yes, those no, in, so yeah. maybe not quite as foregone a conclusion. I mean, and Scotland showed how easy it is to beat Spain now. Anyway, so you know, let's have a an upbeat, optimistic conclusion to this, exactly. to this one. But before we go, uh, since it's the last episode of the season, what was your moment of the season? I'm putting you on the spot here because oh, we didn't discuss this. Oh, before, we didn't now. discuss this. My moment of the season, it must be something Fiorentina related. Probably, well, I mean, the one that springs to mind right off the top of my head was Antonin Barak scoring in the very dying minutes against Basel to put Fiorentina into that ill-fated Conference League final. Um, I mean, he's not been a great player for us this year, but the sheer joy that he provided for me there with that with that finish against a team that, I mean, Fiorentina pummeled them and were significantly superior, but it was typical Fiorentina, and you did think this is going to be another night where Fiorentina balls it up and don't deliver but they actually did deliver in that game. So that that was probably uh, off the top of my head just now without, you know, hours of research that I normally put into the podcast. <laughs> um, that was uh, that. was that. So you must have one, I hope, you must have one in mind of your own was, from Venetia. Was, no, I've been sitting here thinking, what am I going to say? I've no idea. Uh, I suppose I suppose what I would th- say is, it's rather than a single moment, it would be uh, Poi and Palo's four-goal uh, game and just generally the, the the recovery that we had in that last month of Serie B was was something special and something to enjoy after a season or two seasons really let's be honest after Serie A of of pretty miserable football so I can only hope that it continues next season on that on that form rather than uh, the, the previous 18 months although I'm sure our listeners will 
we'd prefer exactly. if it was the other yeah. way around. We'll lose our USP if that exactly. happens. But however, you know, we can but hope. That's the that's our, that's and also that's also our USP. This uh, this undying yes. hope that uh-huh. has no real reason to exist, but we still but we still cling on to it like a life raft. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks very much for tuning in to not just this episode, but all the episodes this season uh, and and listening to our misery so that we've not just been speaking into the void. Um, if you enjoyed it, please do give us a rating, review, follow us, subscribe us, uh, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends, all these things. And um, have a great summer. Hope your football team has the signings that you want and all of that sort of thing. And uh, we will no doubt be back to discuss more misery in due course. Absolutely, yeah. Sign who you like as long as it's not our players. 